we just got finished with Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, Solomon has been given some instruction to his son about how he's supposed to behave himself. Right. Should he ever be king one day? Sure. And uh, I noticed that there's some strange things that Solomon says here in Ecclesiastes. And uh, everything that he'll say for the next little while is about vanity yep. and right. vexation of spirit. Yeah. And I'm thinking that's an odd thing for the preacher to say. Come on now. That's an odd message for a preacher to have. Sure. Amen. I'm thinking that the preacher, that word preacher means one that makes announcements. Right. One that makes proclamations. Right. Back before we had internet and newspapers and radios and television, they had what they call a town crier. And he'd go through the town and he whatever announcements they had to make, the town crier made it. Wow. Yeah, man. If the if the enemy was across the hill, he'd run through the town and cry, the enemy is across the hill. Better get yeah. ready. Yeah. Y'all remember the famous ride of Paul Revere? Yep. Yes, sir. The British are coming. The British, the British are coming. They didn't have internet. Young folks, they didn't have internet. Yeah, come on, preacher. Tell it. And somebody had to ride through town and make all the announcements. That's what the preacher's job was. Yeah. That's what the preacher's job is. Yeah. Hey, man. I come to make a few announcements tonight. Yeah. Be all right. <laughs> I'd like to announce to you some truth about the Lord Jesus. Yes. It would be wonderful if we could frame the face of Jesus with this service tonight. Oh, yeah. And what you see in that frame would be the Lord Jesus. Hey, man. Oh, yeah. If we could see Jesus in this place for a little while. And the job of the preacher is not to get up here and moan and groan. Right. Yeah. right. And think about how bad everything is, yeah. how bleak everything is, yeah. how dark the hour is. Have you read your Bible very much about the, the encouragement that we get reading the Bible in the midst of bad times? Yes, sir. Second Timothy starts out with Paul addressing Timothy. Yeah. And he talks to him about the spirit of life. Yes, sir. He's fixing to have his head cut off. Yeah. He's fixing to die and he knows it. And he's writing to Timothy about life. Hey. Do not receive the spirit of fear. Right. Yeah. right. God didn't give us the spirit That's of fear. Right. Spirit, but of love and power and of a sound mind. He was making good announcements while they were sharpening the axe. Back in the back That's room. Exactly oh, right. It's not the job of the preacher to come to church and tell you how bad things are. Right. But it's the job of the preacher to come and tell you I've got an announcement. Oh, yeah. Good news for y'all. Hey. God still saves sinners. Yes, he does. 
said there'd be somebody in the room that had to not say, I got an announcement to make. Oh, yes. Jesus Christ came into this world. Save sinners. sinners. He came to save you tonight. Yes, sir. He came to the meeting because he knew you was going to be here. Amen. We have all kinds of good announcements. Good announcements. Amen. He's the preacher. And all he can talk about is vanity. And vexation of spirit. Everything he had bothered him. Not only is he the preacher, but he's the son of David. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What a, what a position to have. Yeah. Can you imagine being Solomon and say, I'm the son of David? Did you ever realize how much Solomon had to put up with just to be David's son? Yeah. Right. And how the rest of them didn't like him because of all the stuff that went on in his mother's life. Right. And how they hated Solomon because they didn't like uh, her mother, or his mother. Right. And all the stuff that went on. You remember when David's getting ready to die? Uh, um, well, I forgot his name. That oldest boy is going to be the king. Right. And uh, Bathsheba heard about it. And we said, we've got to go to David. Right. Find out what's going to happen. And David said, no, Solomon's going to reign. Yeah. And uh, uh, Adonijah, that's his name. I can't remember. One of them boys. He was going to be the king. Joab didn't follow Absalom. Right. But he did follow him. You know why? Joab was mad at David ever since David had you ride and hit that kill. Right. He never got over that. He was mad about David. He never did like Bathsheba. Sure. Word came out that Bathsheba's son's going to be the king. And Joab didn't like that. Abiathar, all the boys, they didn't like that. And hit the fell. David's counselors, they didn't like that. They rebelled against Solomon. It was a great day in Solomon's life when the king rose up off of his deathbed and said, bring me the oil. And he anointed Solomon out there in front of the whole bunch and let everybody know, this is my son and he's going to be the king. You would think that a fellow that had gone through as much grace as Solomon has experienced in his life right. would come to write this place in the Bible and have more to tell us than vanity and vexation of spirit. Right, right. And he not only is the son of David, but he's the king right. in Israel. He's yes. living in a gold house. Sure. That's right. It took him 13 years to build that house. It's an amazing house. It's a beautiful house. If Solomon was alive today, he'd be a trillionaire. Yeah. The amount of gold that came into his uh, treasury every year, he would be a multi-trillionaire. Right. Nobody ever got that high yet. Right. Right. And he's sitting there looking around at everything he's got and everything bothers him. Right. He don't, the house that he lives in bothers him. Huh. I'd hate for him to come home with me. Amen. Right. Yeah. He'd really be full of vanity and vexation. He'd have been in my house about 30 minutes. Yeah, me too. Amen. A 1976 single wide mobile home has been, been, been built around. That's what I live in. Amen. How he like that? Yeah. Right. He's aggravated about his house. He's got all the land. He's got fruit trees and they bother him. Right. Worms get in apples. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't enjoy his apple tree because there's a worm in the apple. Yeah. Yeah, man. He built a swimming pool. 
And he's mad because he's got to go down to the pool place and buy chlorine. <laughs> <laughs> to keep the pool from turning green. Right. Sure. Yeah, go buy him a skimmer. Yep. Yeah. Come on now, your imagination ought to be picking out here. Amen. Come on, preacher. All that aggravation. I cleaned this thing last week and it's turning green now. Every time it rains, it turns green. Yeah. yeah. He had a thousand women. Boy, you talk about vanity and vexation spirit. That's it right there. 700 wives, 300 That might have been the root of all of his problems. All that he had, that a man is supposed Praise to have. God. Everything that you think you're supposed to have. Everything you work yourself to get, Solomon had it in abundance and it all bothered him. <laughs> Solomon looked at life as a wise man. Right. And his wisdom didn't bother him. If you're one of you know, like me, you don't have this to worry about. But wise people get aggravated people who are not so smart. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever figured out there's somebody you're smarter than they are? Yeah. Don't they do some stupid things? Yes, they do. Come on now, somebody give me right. You got kid folks that you think are dumb as a rock. <laughs> and you ain't figured out yet why they do what they do. And what they do aggravates you. Every time they come to the family reunion, they done went off in debt and bought something else that you can't afford to buy. Come on now. How do right. they do that? Right. He don't make that kind of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Psalm was a wise man and his wisdom aggravated him. And he said, I'm going to die one day and these crazy kin folks I've got they ain't got a lick of sense. They're going to die the same way I die. I'm not going to have a better death than they have just because I'm smart. Right. And you got to think about all the stuff he's going to leave behind. And that aggravated him. Sure. I can't take none of this stuff with me. Yep, yep. And these big bats that I think are so stupid, they are the ones that are going to get what I've got when I'm dead. And that bothered him. That's right. Everything in the world in his life bothered him. He looked at life as, as a wise man. Then he looked at life through the eyes of a poor man. Sure. And he said, these poor people enjoy their life better than I enjoy my life. And that bothered him. Right. Yeah, man. That right. poor man can lay down and go to sleep. Oh yeah. I sat up half the night trying to figure out how to take care of what I got. Right. I'm always trying to keep somebody off of my treasures. Right. There's always somebody trying to get what I got. And right. that poor man ain't got nothing, but he lays down at night and goes to sleep. Right. That bothered me. Sure it did. Everything in the world bothers me. That's right. That's a, that's a bad way to live life, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I hate to live my life and everything in the world bothering me. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of folks I know. Yeah. If you ever meet a happy person, you need to get their name and address and talk to them a lot. Well, that, that, who in the world around us today is any, any better off than Solomon was when it comes to grumbling and complaining? Jesus said, that Solomon in all of his glory could not match one little lily that grows wild out there in the ditch. Right. That's right. Solomon was not arrayed. The way God arrayed that lily. Come on, I'm about to enjoy my own preaching. I'm yeah. God or not. Yep. That lily out there in the ditch sure. was dressed up better than Solomon was ever dressed up. Right. 
Solomon with all of his gold could not get anybody to make him a suit of clothes that suited him the way that lily suits the ditch. Amen. That's right. You've got more than Solomon had. Amen. Oh, yes. You have more than Solomon. That's exactly right. You may not have the gold, but you've got something all of Solomon's gold could not buy. Amen. You have a Savior that Solomon did not have. You have a hope and assurance and a peace that Solomon did not have. You've got a position that Solomon, he was David's son, but oh, guess what? David has a greater son. That's who I belong to. Hey, man. That's right. Everything in the world that Solomon looked at, even in his great position, bothered him and aggravated him. Sure. Well, now. Vanities. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 4. Y'all turning? Are you there? And y'all are there. Is nobody reading? I don't get any responses. How many of y'all are there? <laughs> Amen. Okay. Right. okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Did y'all know 2 Corinthians chapter 4 follows 2 Corinthians chapter 3? That's true. And since we're talking about looking and seeing things, Paul goes through chapter 3 with a contrast between Moses and Christ. And Moses went up on the mountain and got the tables and came back down and his face was shining so bright they had to put a veil over his face so that they could not see him. Had they been able to look at Moses with that much glory on Moses, they probably would have begun to worship Moses. Right. And so they had to cover his face. But when Jesus came along, all of the covering has been taken off. That's right. That's right. When Jesus showed up, He showed us the face of God. Hey, man. Jesus told Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Hey, man. Somebody ought to get real happy. Hey, man. When Jesus showed up, guess what they were looking at? They were looking at the face of Almighty God. Yes, on that day of creation, guess who stepped out on nothing? Oh, yes. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. Without Him was not anything made. Hey, made. He stepped out into humanity and we began to look at Him. And when they looked at Him with an unveiled, uncovered face, they saw the face of God. Hey, man. That's exactly right. And he said, now, because of what the Spirit of God does, when we look at Jesus, it's like looking in the glass. And when you look in that glass, you see Jesus and you see your reflection. And you're changed right. into that image right. from glory to glory. Hey, man. As by the Spirit of the Lord. Hey, man. Y'all getting that? That's right. When you look at Jesus, you're looking at what you will be like one day. Yes. yes. From glory to glory. to glory. Anybody know that we're in the glory of God tonight? Yes, sir. Right. 
Anybody know you sitting right smack dab in the middle of the glory of God? Amen. Jesus said, we're two or three are gathered together. I'll be there in the midst. Amen. We got that number tonight. Guess what? He's here. He does not come without his glory. Amen. He's in this room tonight. Yes, he is. He's walking up and down the avenues of our heart. He's here. Hallelujah. He's there. Hallelujah. Sure. From this glory into his full glory. glory. What would it be like when we are there? What a day! With him in all of his glory. And that glory will be given to us. And when you look at him, you'll be looking at you. Right. Right now, there's so much Norman in me, you can't see very much of Jesus. That's right. That's but right. One good day, there'll be so much of Jesus in me that you won't see no Norman in you. Hey, man. Bless his name. Hey, man. All Solomon can see is vanity and vexation right. of spirit. That's right. We get to look at the glory. Amen. Amen. Me and the preacher like I'm enjoying it. <laughs> we get to look at the glory. Amen. That's right. And we'll realize that one day soon we're going to be changed. Yes, sir. Jesus is going to come like and change these vile bodies. Right. right. Your body is vile. Yeah. It's messed up. Right. Romans 8 says, In this body we groan. Right. And by besides me groan today. Yes, sir. Sure. Romans chapter 8 says, We groan. Right. Also says that he groans. Yeah. I creation, boys. Come on now. Come on now, y'all. Yeah. 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 I'm right with you. The Spirit of God is growing yes. right along with you. Amen. Every time you get hot oil. Guess what? The Spirit of God is growing Amen. and saying something at the throne that you don't understand. There's no language that can comprehend what the Spirit of God is saying in your behalf. Make an intercession. Yes, sir. Right now, according to the will of God. Bless his name. Everybody in here is messed up. Yeah. Some kind of way. You've got some physical problem. All kinds You've got an ailment of some kind. Yes. If you don't hang on, you will. Amen. You will. One day it's everything you got. If it works, will hurt. Amen. But he's coming one day. Yes, he is. He's coming one day. Amen. He'll change his fire body. That may be fashioned like into his glorious body. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now all Solomon can see is scum on the top of his swimming pool. Mm. I'm afraid we got a whole bunch of saved people and all they're looking at well, is the scum on the swimming pool. Bad, yeah. Well, and they're not vanity. what God's put vanity, in their life. Amen. And that's glorious and wonderful and tremendous. Money can't buy what you got. You got more than money for everybody. Matter of fact, you hang on a little bit longer, your money ain't gonna be worth nothing. Nothing. Very simple. Nothing. About six or seven more trillion dollars they give away, your money ain't gonna be worth nothing. <laughs> you got that right. Yes, man. I got a man. announcement to make when your money ain't no good. Guess what? God's great. Hey, man. Hey, man. Now. Winner either way. Let's look at chapter four. 
Bless his name. Therefore, because of what I just said about the glory, see, we have received this ministry. As we have received mercy, well, we think not. Well, Solomon had money and misery. And all Paul had ministry. was a ministry. And mercy. <laughs> Y'all did not get that one, did you? Oh, yeah. Solomon had the money. Right. All Paul had was a ministry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it one more time. That's good. Yeah. Solomon had all the money he could want. Yeah. Tell it, preacher. Paul didn't have any money. Tell it. But he had a ministry. Yeah. Hey, and man. We have received this ministry. And it, because we have received a ministry, we've also received mercy. Mercy. God never mercy. gives you a ministry without giving you mercy to go along with it. I believe that. Hey, is where by faith you just throw up both hands and shout. Yep. God gave you a ministry. Guess what? God gave you mercy to go along with your Thank you, Lord. God sent Brother Josh yes, he did. in a 10 by 10 room over there somewhere and said, start. That's right. And he looked around and said, how am I going to start? Yeah. He said, don't worry about how you're going to do it. Just do it. Hey, guess man. what happened? When you started, mercy, mercy. showed up. Hey, man. And God began to bring to you things that you did not exactly see. Right. You could not see. Exactly you didn't right. see any of no, this when you got started. But he showed up with mercy. Hey, God showed up with mercy. And guess what? When he gives you something to do, he'll always meet you with his mercy. Every time. That little family you got. Guess what? God's going to give you mercy to get your youngins growing. You started your little family. Guess what? He gave you mercy. Amen. You go in that Sunday school class, try to teach them youngins. Guess what? He gives you mercy. Amen. Bless his name. You climb up in that choir and begin to sing. Guess what? He gives you mercy. You crawl up in the pulpit. Guess yeah. what he does? Amen. He shows up there with mercy. Yes, he does. And because you've got mercy, you haven't fainted yet. <laughs> what about that? Amen, preacher. Brother Jonathan, because you got mercy, you haven't what fainted yet. What about that? Some of them low times you've been in. Bless the Lord. Times when it didn't look like there's any way in the world to go forward. And you got opposition everywhere in the world you could get mercy. opposition from. Guess what snuck up right beside you? Curled up right in your arms. You didn't even recognize it. Oh, God thank gave you. you an armload of mercy and grace. And he's enabled you to keep on going when it didn't look like you could keep on going. Every kind of physical thing and all the emotional stuff that you go through with. There he was with mercy, mercy. and grace. Hey. And you hadn't fainted yet. Here's Solomon with all the gold. Thank you, Lord. And all the stuff. And he's about ready to pass out. And here's Paul, who ain't got nothing but a ministry, and he's shouting about God's mercy and God's grace. All we really got is a That's all we really have is a ministry. Yes, sir. You ain't got no great work. You've got a ministry. And you've got mercy or you wouldn't have a ministry. Amen. Thank God for mercy. Solomon's Thank trying to quit. Lord. And Paul can't find a place to quit. <laughs> what about that? They fix and chop his head off. 
And he's chomping at the bits. Yes, he is. Wow. Amen. We faint not. Ministry and mercy. Mm. Verse 2, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Sure. Now there's a message in every one of those little clauses. Yeah. I'm not going to try to get all of that. Committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He said, I want y'all to know something. We're not putting on a dog and pony show. Right. Just to try to get a crowd. Right. Right. That's exactly right. Did you know, in my lifetime, I don't know how long, far back it goes before I got started. I've been preaching 51 years. And as long as I can remember, churches have prostituted themselves. Sure. To the proposition of, sure. of all a church is about is getting a crowd. Sure. I believe that. And you judge a man's ministry by the size of his congregation. And that's not anything remotely like what God ever intended to be started when he started the church. Amen. If you've got to He's be crafty and put on all kind of stuff to deceive people. Mm. To get them in the door. Right. Uh, you might have left the Lord completely. Oh, hey, y'all, did y'all know God has never him. had any trouble getting a crowd? I want him. God, let me say it again. Say it. God say it. has never had any trouble getting a crowd. Right. Right. Now I promise you, if you'll brag on his darling son, yes, sir. every time you meet, he'll make sure somebody it's is here to here. hear you brag about his son. You make this thing about introducing people to Jesus. Hey, they man. don't need to know Dr. Doodle Flapper. That's they don't right. need to know how many degrees he's got. Hey, man. They don't need to know where he went to school. Yes. They don't need to know how many assistants he's got. What they desperately need when they walk in that door is where is the man that they're talking about that can heal the sick and won't raise the dead and open up blinded eyes? Where's the man that can fix my messed up life? Show me where he is. Hey, Somebody man. tell me who can fix up my yes, messed up life. Yes, sir. Exactly. It'll work every time it'll work. That's exactly right. Amen. I've told this, everybody in here has heard this, I know. But you're going to have to hear it again, I reckon. Amen. I first went to Lake City. I was going to close the church down and turn it into a garage. And the, the preacher had already got $5,000 down payment and didn't tell the church. And he had an elaborate scheme to sell the church and get $100,000. And all he was going to do is have a banquet once a year, close down the church, have a banquet once a year and support one missionary for $35 a month. Yeah. And the people got a hold of that and about 20 of them run him off. And that's when I came in. And the fellow that gave him $5,000 sued the church. It's going to make the church go ahead and sell anyway. <clears throat> That's when I showed up mm. in the middle of the lawsuit. <laughs> and uh, no money, everything looking so desperate. And uh, I didn't know how the world was going to keep the thing going. If I'd had any sense, I'd never even went there. 
Everybody I knew thought I was crazy even going there. I wonder where you going there for. <laughs> so anyway, the church had sold bonds 10 or 15 years before, and they, all of them had come due. They paid all of them but one. There's an old preacher in his 80s, lived out in the country, that they owed $2,000 to. And they scraped up enough money, and I took the old preacher the $2,000. And when I brought it, brought it to him, he was out on the back porch. He just picked about five bushels of apples off of this tree. And he was peeling apples, and his wife was going to make apple butter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they thought they was going to make, but that would have made a pile of apple butter. And he said, Brother Norman, sit down here. I want to tell you something. He said, I've been praying for that church for years. He said, I think you're the man God wants there. He said, but Brother Norman, I don't ever get out there on my apple trees with a stick and beat the bark off the tree. Because if I do, bugs will get in the tree and kill the tree. I don't ever I don't ever beat the bark off the tree. Right. He said, I've been keeping bees for about 40 years. And every year around Christmas, more bees ain't got nothing to eat. And they're starving. He said, I don't never put it on the radio or TV, I just get me a pan of sugar water and set it on my back porch. And said, way after a while, an old starving bee will come and land in that sugar water and he'll fill up. And the first thing he does is go back to the hive and tell all the rest of them, boys, I found what we've been looking for. Right. He said, before long, my back porch will be slammed full of bees. And I'll have six pans of sugar water and the whole porch full of bees. Mm. He said, Brother Norman, you don't know where sinners are. You can't find a sinner in Lake City nowhere. Yep. Everybody you talk to is the same as the Apostle Paul. Yeah. That's exactly right. You can't find lost people no more. No, you can't. He said, let me tell you what's going to happen. If you'll crawl up there every Sunday morning and present to your people the sweetness of the Lord Jesus, one Sunday morning, an old, old starving sinner will come in there and find just exactly what they've been looking for. Right. Amen. And before long, you'll have your house full Amen. because sinners know where sinners are and sinners will bring sinners. Hey, man. Amen. That's exactly right. And to God be the glory, I've tried to implement that little bit of advice. I'm telling you, it worked. Amen. 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 It worked. Yes, I believe it. It worked. Yes, sir. You ain't got to put on no show. Nope. All you got to do is just be Josh Griffith filled with the Holy Ghost. Love Jesus. Yep. Preach Jesus. Be faithful. And I'm promising you God will bring everything else you need. I believe, I believe that. I believe it, preacher. I believe it. Well, I'm trying my best to get to my text. I'll get there in a minute. I believe it. He says, now we, we ain't trying to fool nobody. Look at verse 4. In her, Verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid, them they're lost. Right. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts. 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Sure. Now, Paul has been in Corinth. He's been preaching. He's been telling all of them about Jesus. And he says, now, boys, if there's anybody lost around here, it's not my fault. Right. I'll preach. I didn't think I'd get an amen on that. That's what he said. It is not my fault that there's a person in this room lost tonight. No, it ain't. It's not your fault. I did not blind your eye, and I cannot take that blindness off of your eye. Right. All I can do is tell you the truth. Amen. And the gospel will somehow or the other penetrate a heart. And God, who stood out on nothing one day and said, let there be light, commanded light to shine in a chaotic, messed up universe. Right. God created light before he ever created the sun. There was light before there was ever a sun. Amen. Let me say that one more time. Read your Bible. Say it. Genesis 1, God said, let there be light and there was no sun. Right. Right. God commanded light to shine on chaos. Guess what happened to me one night? Hey, man. In a dark place. Scared to death. Didn't even know how to talk to God or what to say. Oh, yeah. All I knew to say was, God, have mercy on me. Guess what happened? God came in that dark room yes. and commanded light to shine in my heart. Amen. He commanded light to shine in my heart. Light didn't have an option. Light had to go into my dark world. Right. And guess what it was I saw when the light came in my little room? There was the face of Jesus Amen. whispering to me, you can come to me. Amen. Come to me. I want you. I'll receive you. I did and he did. And bless his name. Amen. Bless his name. Amen. By the way, I am not a Calvinist. Bless his right. name. Me either. I'm not preaching to you Calvinism. No, no. I ain't preaching that. Amen. I'm telling you that if people are lost, you can't blame it on the man who's trying to do the preaching. That's right. I believe that. But a sinner's lost because he won't come to a Savior. Right. That's right. And he loves that darkness. He ain't going to come to the light. Come on, preacher. I'm glad God will take the light to him. Amen. Amen. We're getting close, y'all. Hang on. Amen. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Is that not a wonderful little thought there? Have y'all have ever thought about the prospect of getting a pile of money? Yeah. Right. You ever thought about what you could do if you had a hundred million dollars? Yeah. I guess y'all spend all your time talking about how what would be like to stay poor the rest of the <laughs> Well, just suppose somebody walked up to you. And gave you that hundred million dollars. Where would you put it? Bank. Would you put it in the bib of your overalls? In the bank. Walk around town with a few hundred dollar bills popping out of the, the bib? Would you find a place to deposit it where you think it'd be safe? Yep. <laughs> Guess what, y'all? Yeah. God deposited his treasure yes, he did. in 
your dust Why? frame. Yes, he did. The sorriest material in the world to build anything out of is dust. <laughs> you can't build it. I guarantee you, you can't grab up a handful of dust and make anything. <laughs> That's right. But he did. He did. Thank he did. God. And then when it came time to deposit in you his glory and his blessings, he got the flimsiest vessel he could find. Mm. <laughs> and put it in the most unlikely place. Sure. And he's not worried about losing one bit of his investment. Right. Okay, that's where y'all supposed to shout. He's not worried about losing one thing he has invested in you. Right. Do you know why? He crawled up in there with you. He's got the treasure in his own hand. He deposited himself into you. That's why he ain't worried about losing any of his investment. We have this treasure in earthen vessel, but we have been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. He lives inside of me. It ain't going nowhere. No, sir. Yep. It sure ain't. Who we? Thank the Lord. Okay. Now start out with Solomon grumbling with his wealth. Look what Paul says in verse 8. We're troubled on every side. Have y'all ever had any trouble? Yep. Have you ever had trouble on every side? Sometimes you have trouble on your physical side. Sometimes you have trouble on your financial end. And sometimes you have trouble with your family. Sometimes you have trouble with your faith. Have you ever had one of those experiences where all of those happen at the same time? Mm. I was talking with a preacher coming down the road today who almost died with the COVID. And he was talking to another preacher friend of mine who is still battling COVID. And uh, the preacher who still has it talked to the one who owed it. And he said, can I talk to you? And he said, yes. And there was a little silence before we began to finish the conversation. And the one who had over the COVID responded and said, you want to talk to me about demons, don't you? Mm. He said, yes, I do. The boy that over it told me, said, I fought demons the whole time I was on that ventilator. Said stuff I've never imagined in my life come up against me while I was on that ventilator. Wow. So I doubted everything in the world and said I was about to lose my mind when I wasn't even conscious, but it was in my mind battling demons while I was wavering back and forth. They didn't know if I was going to live or not. Other preacher said he was doing the same thing. Wow. Have you ever had that trouble on every side? Well, now Solomon's in a gold house grumbling because there's scum on the pool. And Paul said, I am troubled on every side. Mm. Wow. Well, but, notice what else he says, yet not distressed. Yep. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Yep. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Amen. Cast down, but not destroyed. Glory to God. 
Always. Bless you know what that word always means? Always. It means always. All the time. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I have believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. Right. That the abundant grace through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Yeah. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary. Right. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Yeah. Amen. Solomon is miserable with his money. And Paul is rejoicing in his ministry. Wow. What about that, man? Thank the Lord. The difference is where you look. Amen. Perspective. All Solomon saw was what was under the sun. Well, yeah. Yeah. well, Paul looked beyond the sun and the stars in the sky and he saw the face of Jesus. And he said, they've come at me everywhere in the world, but I'm not ready to quit. Right, right. I'm not ready to quit. Somebody help me now. He's pressing on. Solomon's wanting to jump off a bridge. And, 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 and Paul is just praising God that he's got a ministry because he's looking up. If all you see is an election in November, you are miserable. And you about ready to jump off a bridge if you find out Joe Biden wins in a few weeks. I hope the rascal don't. Yeah. If he gets in, it won't be because I helped him get in. No, but if he gets in, I've already lived under eight years of him. Right. I've only lived under eight years of Hillary. Right. And if he's got to be in there, guess what? There will be grace to get us through whatever in the world that rascal brings. Hey. It's not going to be the end of my world. It's not going to be the end of my ministry. It's not going to make me lose my mind. No, sir. You've got to look beyond what's under the clouds. You've hey. got to look at things that are eternal. Oh, yes. Most of y'all probably know or have heard of old brother Earl Hughes. And uh, they tell this on Earl. I never could get him to say he did or he didn't do it. <laughs> but they told it on him that years ago he was hitchhiking to go to a meeting, to preach a meeting. He didn't have a car, so he was hitchhiking. And he sat down stand on the side of the road with his old guitar and big old Bible and suitcase thumbing a ride and fell with a brand new Cadillac pulled up there mashed the button and the window came down and said friend can I help you and he said well I'm looking for a ride to go to this town over here preach a meeting <laughs> he said well get in 
driving down the road and he said, uh, where are you going? He said, I'm going over here to preach a meeting. You a preacher? He said, I'm evangelist, Earl Hughes. You don't look much like a preacher. So I'm, I'm a preacher. I'm going to preach a meeting over here. He said, well, how come you ain't got a car? And he said, well, Lord, just ain't blessed me to have a car. <laughs> and you're a preacher. He said, yeah, I'm a preacher. He said, it don't look to me like the Lord's taking very good care of you. Come on now. Brother Earl said, well, just according on how you look at it. <laughs> well, I look at it. I'm riding a brand new Cadillac. You making the payments, buying the gas, paying for the insurance. I think God's taking pretty good care of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. Hey, man. how you look at it. <laughs> if all you see is what's down here, you ready to quit. There ain't nothing <laughs> makes any sense down here. Hey, Life man. down here never will make sense. That's right. You'll never figure it out. It'll always leave you confused. Hey, Amen. I heard Adrian Rogers tell that. I hope y'all ain't been listening to him on the radio. I heard him tell this the other day. He said, when he passed her down in Florida... A hurricane came through and <laughs> tore a bunch of stuff. And there's an old lady that went to his church who was a widow, didn't have any any family. Her husband was dead, obviously. All she had to keep her company was a parakeet. And when the storm came through, blowed the wind out, somehow or another the parakeet got loose. And the poor woman was devastated that the only companion she had is gone. So she went to the preacher and told the preacher how heartbroken she was that her parakeet was gone. And so the preacher prayed with her and the woman went back and he, he said, y'all ain't going to believe this. But about three or four days later, one of her neighbor ladies was walking down the sidewalk and heard a strange noise. And there was that parakeet up in the tree. Yeah. And the woman knew that the old widow lady really missed that parakeet. So she kept on until finally she coaxed that parakeet out of the tree into her hand. And she brought the parakeet back to the old widow lady and said, here's your parakeet. And the old woman just thanked her and <laughs> cried. Look how many miracles God had to work to get me my parakeet back. She was so happy. <laughs> Three days later, the cat ate the parakeet. <laughs> yeah. He mm. says, true story. Now, people in South Florida laughed last week when I told that joke. Y'all just didn't get it, apparently. But the cat ate the parakeet. I laughed. I laughed. Moral of the story is life does not make sense. Amen. You can't make it make sense. That's exactly right. That's why you don't look down here. Down right. here, you look up there. That's right. If you're going to make any Amen. sense out of your life, you've got to be looking up there. Amen. Amen. That's right, preacher. Well, thank you for listening to my introduction. Now let me give you my four points. <laughs> they, think I, they think I'm lying. Don't they? <laughs> I know, but I know you're not. <laughs> All right. What do you see when you look around? Let me ask this question. What do you see when you look up and see Christ? Hmm. I just told y'all. But because of what the Spirit of God does, we get to look into the face of Jesus. Right. Yeah. What do you see when you look at Jesus? I'm pretty much convinced that there ain't very many people looking for the face of Jesus in our day. Yeah. I believe that. We come to church, 
And we're perfectly satisfied to leave without ever having had any fellowship with well. him. Well. Matter of fact, if I read it right, he's on the outside knocking, trying to get into the church that he bought. Right. That's what it says. But when you look up into the face of Jesus, what do you really see? I don't know all that you could see, but I'm thinking in Paul's perspective. He's looking up at Jesus and he's remembering what Jesus said. Let not your heart be troubled. Oh, yes. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house. So I'm going to prepare a place for oh, you. In my Father's house are many mansions. I'm hey. going to prepare a place for you. Hey, man. That where I am, there ye may be also. Amen. Hey, Amen. Hey, and if it were not so, I would have told you. Right. If I go away, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Hey, man. I think when Paul looked up at Jesus' face, he's looking back at the one he's expecting to come back in the next three seconds and get him out of a Roman jail. Amen. And take him to heaven and destroy all the unbelievers uh, that, that don't obey the gospel. I think that's what he's looking to see. Right. I, I done told you, uh, he said that he's going to come and, and he's going to change these vile bodies. Here's Paul, little old short humpback Jew, can't half see. Got his teeth knocked out when they stoned him to death outside of Lystra. Yeah. Got pock marks all over his face. Has to be led around. Pitiful looking old fellow. His appearance outwardly is base. Yeah. He's not a handsome man by any stretch of the imagination. And he said, he's going to change this vile body. I can't have see. I can't have walk. But glory to God, one day soon, hey, man. I'm going to see the skies part. And my Savior, the one that I love, the one that hung on Calvary, the one that bled for me, the one that washed my sins away, is coming back to get me and take me where he is. That's what I think he's talking hey. What do you see? Oh, yes. I'm not looking for somebody to keep grandma alive another 20 years in the nursing home. Right, right. I'm not looking for somebody to heal my ingrown toenail. Right. I'm not looking for somebody to give me a bigger church or a oh, bigger, yes. bigger place to go. Tell it. I'm looking for somebody to come back and rescue me. Tell it. Hey, man. Bless his I'm name. looking for him to invade this service tonight. Oh, yeah. With an enormous amount of grace and touch everybody in here with something with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hey, man. And change your life so Tell you it. go home and Tell never it, be brother the same. Mike. Tell it. That's what I'm looking for. Hey, man. Me too. And when I see him, I see somebody who's able. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. When Paul looked at Christ, he saw wounds. That's right. We have a wounded Savior. Yeah. Paul looked at himself and he saw wounds. What about that? <laughs> oh, yes. Pardon me, I'm fixing to enjoy my Go ahead. for a minute. Go right ahead. Y'all were paying no attention when I was reading a while ago, I know. Because you'd have picked up on what I'm about to say if you hadn't been paying attention. He's talking about death. Yeah. In his mortal body. He's talking about always having to face death in this body. And he's talking about all the stuff that happens to us in the flesh. Right. Right. Because of what Jesus did for me, I'm liable to have to go through some things for him. Oh, yeah. And when Paul saw his wounds, 
he saw Jesus' wounds and he said, hey, the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Well, and if they kill me, they gonna raise, he's going to raise me from the dead. He ain't got around telling shit. But when you get to chapter 12, he's already been there. Yeah. Amen. He's already been there. He's already seen what's on the other side. Amen. And he's looking for that glorious whatever it is he saw he couldn't tell us about to take place in the next five minutes. That's exactly right. And all the wounds that he's got is just a reminder that's going to be soon. Amen. Soon he's going to be with the Lord. Soon he's going to lay all this stuff down. Bless you, see. Wow. When you look at Jesus. That's a good question. You're trying to get Jesus to put you where Solomon was. Gold. You want the house of gold down here. Wow. You know, after what he's got up there. Wow. Well, what do you see when you see your circumstances? Oh, boy, if you want really want to have a good time the rest of the night, let me talk to everybody individually. Just tell me what's going on in your life right now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, we'll have a big time. Yeah. Yep. Comparing scars. Yep. Talking about all the bad stuff that's happening. Did you know every time I look at my circumstances, my life don't make any sense to me. I don't understand my life. I don't know how in the world I've been blessed the way I've been blessed. I don't know how I'm even here. Y'all don't even know what kind of miracle it took to get me from the swamp in North Florida to the hills of Kentucky preaching to y'all. You don't even have no earthly idea I believe. what all had to take place to get me here. Don't make a lick of sense. Amen. Everything has not been easy. Everything has not been fun. Oh, sir. I don't want to go through some of the things I've already gone through. That's right. But all I know is when I look at my circumstances and I look at him, wow. everything is working out yes. just exactly the way it's supposed to. Yes, it is. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Everything. Thank you, Lord. Is working out. Amen. We know that all things work together for you. That word know, there's two different words that's used for know. One of them is something that you know because you've been taught. Right. Have y'all had to be taught that George Washington was president? Right. You was not born instinctively knowing that. That's right. Right. They taught me that. And then all the other stuff they tried to teach me. But then there's some things I know. Right. I know that fire's hot. Yep. Because I've been burned. Amen. I know that ice is cold. Now, Brother Josh, y'all won't remember this. Actually, you might remember. <laughs> some of y'all might remember this. Back in the good old days, before there was automatic ice maker in the refrigerator, right. we had them old metal ice trays. Yeah. So, y'all remember that? You had a little handle you'd pull to break the ice loose. And for some dumb reason, old crazy boys would dare each other to stick their tongue right. <laughs> on the metal ice tray. Older brothers always got younger brothers to stick their tongue. I bet you can't stick your tongue on that ice tray. 
You can stick your tongue on it, but you ain't going to take your tongue off of it. <laughs> They'll rip off all the hide off your tongue, but it's stuck. I know that. Anybody got to teach me that? I know that. Paul says, we know both of those work right there. I've been taught and by experience. Right, right. He knows. But I'm a hurry and leave it alone. What do you see when you look at your congregation? What are you looking at? I get weary of listening to preachers go off and talk about how bad the church is. Yep. I got news for y'all. I won't make another announcement. I ain't got nothing to grumble about when it comes to church members. Amen. All of them ain't perfect, but I've got a good bunch of pastors. Amen. They have made pastoring easy for me. It's a but what do you see when you look out on this congregation? If you're not careful, you won't see what's above the sun and the clouds. All you'll see is what you see tonight. Yep. There's a young man and there's a young man and a young lady and some young folks right there. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at a preacher one day. Amen. Right. I'm looking at a missionary one day. Yes, right. I'm looking at somebody who may pastor this church after Brother Josh came. Amen. I'm looking at somebody who may be preaching my funeral one day. Yeah. I believe what God can do with a bunch of young people. Amen. Amen. What potential there is here. Yeah. But you can't see that just looking at the clouds. That's right. You gotta look beyond that. You gotta see beyond that. Amen. I've learned that. You don't look at your congregation like they're just a bunch of people. Right. Oh no, here's the here's the raw material God is using to bring up another generation. Absurd. Amen. Listen here, y'all. I done been too long to quit early, so I just will finish it. I'll tell you what I really believe. In these last days, God is about to raise up a man to lead us through the darkest days we've ever seen as a country. God has always had a man. That's right. And he may be sitting in the room tonight. I don't know. Amen. Amen. That didn't do y'all never bit of good, did it? That's exactly right. Hey, God's going to put somebody in this world that'll make sense. And we'll, we'll see that God's got his hand on him. He's going to give us a word from the Lord. Hey, Amen. He may be sitting in the room with us tonight. You don't know. Tell you one thing, when Tim Lord showed up at our church for the first time, I would have never in a million worlds thought he'd be a missionary in Albania. Right. Only reason he came was to be with his girlfriend. Right. He didn't like nothing we did. He thought we was crazy. I scared him to death. Yeah. Yeah. That night he got, got called to preach. I said, poor fellow, well, I don't know if he'd ever make a preacher or not. All he did was shout for four hours. <laughs> bellered like a bull. <laughs> yeah. Like a, caught a bull in the net. Couldn't say two words hardly. Scared to death. When he first started trying to sing, he couldn't sing. Yeah. Cassie had to teach him how to sing. For it was all over with everybody in the country wanted him to leave the singing in the camp meeting. Yeah. Nobody saw that. Right. But God saw that. Amen. God saw that, you hear me? Amen. God looked at that and God saw something that I did not see. Amen. Yes, sir. 
And you'll never see it looking under. Amen. You got to look up yonder. Look what God's liable to do. That's exactly right. What's your concept of the future? What are you really looking for? What are you expecting in the next week, 